Hello and welcome to the Not Boring Tech Writer, where in each episode we talk to the humans behind the docs, sharing stories, experience and expertise to inspire, entertain and give you knowledge and skills you can use in your life as a Not Boring Tech Writer. In this episode I'm talking to Swapnil Ogilvy, a technical writer advocate for Redocly, based in Melbourne, Australia, who is also a community and conference manager for Write the Docs. He gives us the inside scoop on arranging Write the Docs events both in person and online, and talks to us about the importance of advocacy for technical writers. So I hope you enjoy the interview. On with the show! Hello, Swapnil. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks, Jared. Thanks for um, inviting me on this podcast. It's really exciting to be a part of this podcast, particularly because I've been a fan of the Not Boring um, Tech Writing before. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that Knowledge has picked this up. So yeah, thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. And that's nice to hear that you used to listen to the Have you been listening since it was Jacob as well? Yes, I have. Yeah, I've, I've been a, like, I've followed this podcast for quite a few years now. That's great. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad that you're already a fan and um, it's really good to have you here. Uh, I think this is the first time that not only am I speaking to someone who's also in Australia like me, but I think you're also in Melbourne. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Oh, how funny. God, you could actually be here in person that I think about it. I was just going to say, we could have just caught up over a cup of coffee and we could have done I know, I know. That might be a bit more difficult to record. It's, it's maybe better this way for the sake of our yeah. listeners. Um, so how are you doing and, and what what is life like for you at the moment here in Melbourne? Yeah, look, I'm pretty, doing pretty good, all things considered. I think we are sort of, I wouldn't want to rub it in or anything, but I think we are in a pretty safe place at the moment. Australia with all, all the global pandemic and um, mm. in a pretty safe place. So, and um, I just started a new role where it's not new anymore. It's I've been at Redockly for about six months now, more than six months, and it's a remote role. So I'm enjoying everything that comes with a remote role. So get lots of time to, you know, spend with the family and, um, yeah, just do other things that I would probably wouldn't do if I was, you know, working in an office somewhere in the city or somewhere. Sure, sure. Where are they based, Redockly? So Redockly is a global company. It's the remote force. So there's not not specifically an office. So one of the founders is based in um, Austin, Texas, and the other one's in Ukraine. Um, but we don't have like a like office office. So people mostly work from home. The, in in Ukraine, obviously, we've got um, because we've got about a dozen. Um, developers and testers and um, you know people working for Redockly we do have an office space but it's like I said it's remote first so you have the opportunity and choice to work from anywhere you want really that's great and, and um, no particular headquarters but I guess Austin Texas I've actually been there it's actually it's a really nice place to visit um, if you ever get the chance. Um, just to give listeners a bit of a background as to how Swapnil and I know each other, um, we have actually met in person, which is not true of any of the other guests that I've had here on the podcast. Um, Swapnil, you may already know, is a community and conference manager for Write the Docs Australia in India. And we met um, at the Sydney conference, it would have been 2019, I think, late 2019, would that have been correct? That's right, yeah, November 2019 in Sydney. Yep. Yeah, and I remember it was in the, was it something like the Police Museum? Yeah, the Police and Justice Museum. It was a very right. uh, unique sort of a space. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll be talking quite a lot about Write the Docs, but before we do, um, I'd love to start with introducing our listeners to a little bit about you. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your sort of journey into the world of technical communication? Yeah, sure, Jared. So um, I, I guess you could probably call me someone something like a career tech writer. I've been a tech writer for about 16 years now, so it's been wow. quite a while. I started off, obviously, in, I've been in Australia for about 20 years now, and I, I started working as a data, data analyst for a local Australian company. So I was doing a lot of data analysis and data cleaning and dupli- reduplication and deduplication. So all sorts of data um, cleansing work for, for um, marketing campaigns. And when I was doing that, I rediscovered sort of my love for writing. And before I moved to Australia from India, I was doing all sorts of writing for local magazines and nothing technical. It's just more journalistic style writing, but um, just pretty small sort of pieces here and there. But I rediscovered my love for writing and signed up for a, for the graduate diploma in um, technical communication at Swinburne. So it was like a two-year part-time course. And um, that's when, I, I guess, that's where my journey of being a proper tech writer began and my first role as a technical writer was soon after I finished my graduate diploma and it was documenting a software around radiology information systems and I think it was like a big learning curve from both the product and the tech writing um, aspect. Sure, sure. Yeah, so the last couple, I guess, 10 or 12 years, I've worked on a lot of technical writing contracts because I really wanted to experience the breadth and the span of tech writing across industries, across domains, across tools, across different teams. So that's kind of summing up what I've been doing really over the last 16 years. That's really interesting because it's funny, listening back to previous episodes of this podcast and also the, the ones where I have hosted, some tech writers come from an angle of they come from the technical side first and then they move into the writing side. And it sounds like you came from the writing side. Well, you were also doing technical work, but you have a love of writing first and foremost. Yes, I think um, there are quite a few people that I know actually who've, you know, been like writers before and then they've moved, like picked up the technical skills on the job and come into tech writing. But I guess you could say it's been a mix of both. Like I've got a degree in um, information systems. So that's, I guess, the technical side of things. But Right, I've always right. wanted to be a writer. Like I've like I've known about tech writing for close to I think twenty five years now. Like as a profession, so I've all, I'm I'm kind of glad that I'm in in this and really still loving doing technical writing. Sure, sure. So you mentioned to us already that you work for Redockly, and I saw from your LinkedIn profile that you're a technical writer advocate. What does that mean? What what does it mean to be an advocate for tech writers, and why is that so important? That's a good question. I, I I guess I came across this role advertised last year with Redockly, um, and I was I guess instantly intrigued as well because while I had heard of Redockly before, because they were our sponsors for the Write the Docs Australia conference in 2019, which is where we met in Sydney, I had yeah. actually never used their tools before, so I was instantly sort of intrigued. Like it was a tech writing role, but it was also not a pure tech writing role. What I liked was the scope of this role. It's a good mix of technical writing, strategizing, community building. So I think things that I've kind of acquired over the last few years with my experience. So over the years, I guess, having worked, especially worked in Australian companies, I've often intensely felt that there is not a lot of love and admiration for documentation. It often seems like an afterthought. And tech writers, I guess, sort of bear the brunt of this attitude. Like they're not obviously the first person who you would hire on a product team and 
I've worked with big organizations where I was working on two different product teams at the same time writing documentation. So it's kind of one of those things where even a part-time tech writer is sometimes good, they would think. And so advocating for good documentation in terms of, you know, the practices, the understanding, along with proving the value of good technical documentation and writers subsequently is something I've often tried doing in some of my previous roles. So yeah, it is vitally important, I guess, for product teams to include tech writers right from the start to be able to, you know, create good, useful documentation, and that can only strengthen the product experience. So at, with my role at Redockly, it allows me that opportunity to do that. So not only my documenting our features and helping our product teams with the UX and UI side of things, but also being able to do that community building with some of our open source tools and things like that. It's it's really empowering for, for a technical writer to be able to do that. So yeah, loving that role at the moment. That's fantastic. And and I think you're right. I, I've heard a lot of stories and, and from our guests as well that it, it does sometimes feel like the documentation part of the process tends to be a bit of an afterthought. And I think it's really great for someone to be championing what tech writers do and making sure that they're treated with the respect that they deserve because it's not an easy job and it's very important within the process and, and it should occupy uh, a much more uh, forefront position within these companies so i think that's great yeah absolutely absolutely so we've already mentioned uh, that you are a community and conference manager for write the docs australia and india we are huge fans of write the docs uh, here at the not boring tech writer and i talk about it all the time my listeners might even be slightly bored of hearing me talk about it but it's just such a great uh, experience every time you go and, and obviously the ongoing activities throughout the year between the conferences and the meetups and things like that mm -hmm. um could you tell us how you started on your path to this role being the community and conference manager yeah sure look i'll be more than happy to talk about it like when i first started like i said as a tech writer way back in 2006 there were a couple of you know local tech writing communities um around yeah. them that i became involved with and i think it was really healthy because coming into this role, which doesn't often have that sort of, you know, the community support or any sort of mentor models built into it. It was really good to be involved with a couple of these local tech writing communities. So I'm talking more about the ASTC Victoria, and I guess to some extent the ASTC New South Wales as well. Right, right. Way back in 2006, they were separate communities or separate societies, but they later amalgamated into a national body into 2010s. Now, when I was involved with these communities, I've, I've, I have volunteered with their website updates and Twitter and social media and annual conferences. So I really, I greatly enjoyed that experience and working with some superb people who are still actively involved in these communities. You know what, at, however, at one point, I, I really felt the need to co connect with a more global community because I was working with a lot of international teams, like I was doing freelancing and I still do occasionally did that like until the read side of things. But with working with uh, international teams, I felt I needed a little bit more of a, you know, a, a global perspective on things. And this is where I was first introduced to um, write the docs by, by another fellow documentarian, Jared Morgan. Um, oh, I, I'm. I, we haven't. I haven't met him, but I'm. I'm aware of him, and I think he was at that uh, the Sydney one that I went to in 2019. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He's a. He's a true champion of the whole ride the dogs community down under. For Even sure. In, yeah. Yeah, so looking at the some of the events and conferences that Ride the Docs was doing globally, like in Portland and Prague particularly, mm. I, I've instantly you know felt the need that we should be probably doing something of this in Australia as well because I thought it would not only benefit me but 
hopefully quite a few people that I know in my network and, you know, people in similar sort of situations and um, circumstances and roles. Um, and that's where it all started. Like we started off with the Write the Docs community in 2016. And it, um, it's been growing in leaps and bounds since then. Like I've, I've really enjoyed that journey of being able to, you know, volunteer for that um, to the events, the meetup events and also the conferences. Sure. And I'm remembering now, actually, that when I went to the 2019 conference, it was only called Write the Docs Australia, and now it's called Write the Docs Australia and India. What was the process that led to that change being implemented? Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, so look, um, I think last year with our global pandemic, we're tossing the on-site events out of the picture. Um, I think mm. it was a great opportunity to work with the Write the Docs India team for a joint conference because there was that perfect opportunity really because it was going to be an online um, conference so a good learning experience of where the two different teams from you know two different time zones could actually collaborate and it worked out really well like people from the feedback that we received it's people really enjoyed that you know mix of things mix of perspectives and um, India has got a huge market for technical writing as well like there's a lot more technical writing roles and opportunities that exist in India, like things that probably don't even exist in Australia at the moment. So um, it was a good experience bringing those two communities together for that annual conference. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. I've waxed lyrical about this on this podcast before, but the virtual conference that Write the Docs Australia and India did back in, when was that again? Uh, December 2020 was the one we had last year. Yeah. That's right, December 2020. Um, it was fantastic. I've been to several virtual conferences and, um, you know, there was a couple of technical hiccups, but it, it went so smoothly and I really felt like the experience I'd had at the Sydney, you know, in-person uh, conference the previous year, the virtual conference really managed to translate that to the virtual space very, very effectively. And I, you know, I can only congratulate you. It really went off so well. And it had, you know, people were really raving about it at the time and, and afterwards. And it, it was really special and really well done. Oh, thank you. Thanks for your kind words. No, I think it was, I think the kind of support we had both from our Australian community members and also from India, but um, not forgetting also from our global sort of team, like um, from the Portland staff, from the Prague staff, everyone sort of, you know, chipped in with their expertise, helped out where they could with, with their time zones. And now it was fantastic that um, a lot of people have actually commented on that, that there was not a lot of difference between an on-site event and the online. And hopefully we can keep replicating that, um, you know, the same experience across our next couple of conferences while they might be online. Yeah, I hope so. And, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Would you say that you, when you were getting involved with Write the Docs, were you first involved in the kind of community building aspect or were you involved in the conferences first or did they kind of come at the same time? Um, I would probably say the local events to start off with because I really wanted to start small and see how that went because... Um, sure. Um, and because um, Australia being such a, you know, a huge, huge place, um, people often forget that Australia is a really big country. Like they would probably think, oh, it's like Melbourne, Sydney, you know, just a couple of hours drive. Well, it's not. It's it's a really no. big country. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I definitely had to get used to. But as a person from the UK or I'm uh, more familiar with Europe, like the scale of Australia, uh, like even within the city of Melbourne, someone will say, oh, it's only over in Hawthorne. That's like a 40 minute drive from me, yeah. you know, like that, that's, yeah. and that's within the same city as many people live in Melbourne as live in the entirety of Scotland, you know, so the scale is really, really different. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I started, wanted to start off with something really local, see if it, you know, how it flies in Melbourne first, and then maybe if we can, you know, replicate that across Sydney and Brisbane to start off with, being on the, you know, same time zones. And um, just, and that was 2016. So um, again, we needed that community support. And um, I think some people have really stepped up and said, yeah, look, we'll happily have, you know, help you with setting up those local events and getting, you know, um, the um, getting the publicity done for this and getting speakers on board. So it's been really fantastic. Sure. So can you tell me a bit about what it was like learning to develop or manage the, the write the docs community? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So look, I, I I think, um, I'd probably say the community has helped me more than what I think I've been able to volunteer with. Like everyone's been so supportive, flexible, and, you know, happy to share the experiences. I wasn't confident at all of managing a conference. Like we've had the annual conference for, this is our fifth year too. And that's that's a pretty good thing, Rick. Um, I've had some experience, like I said previously, working with the ASTC conference organizer, Janet Taylor, if I can specifically mention her. Um, right. And look, I decided to apply some of those skills that I learned to bringing the Ride the Docs Australian conference to our community. Like I was a bit, like I said, a bit cautious the first year. So mm. I decided to, we decided to, you know, experiment with a one day event to test the waters, so as to speak. Um, yeah, but some of our awesome community members, like particularly Sarah Maddox and Nicola Nye, um, they helped a lot with, with the first first year with the one day event. And this has been an ongoing theme across the years, like great support from our community members across the board. Um, the on-site events in the first three years were, I guess, a great challenge, like in terms of the conference, particularly. Um, I, I learned a lot in terms of scheduling and bookings and site visits and catering and logistics. Like not of all of it is pretty straightforward either. Like there are a lot, <laughs> a lot of headaches that come with all of that. But um, I guess I've learned um, over the years how to try and, you know, make the best of it. Um so I remember for the 2019 conference in Sydney, I actually uh, had wrecked a couple of places in Sydney and um, immediately called the venue organizers to confirm because I really liked that place. But it turns out someone had got in literally five or 10 minutes after us and booked the place right away. So, you know, that stumped me a little bit because it all turned out to be fine um, yeah. in the end. But it's it's that nature of you know I had no experience with that side of things and you know that that's how fast bookings go sometimes. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So yeah, but I mean, it turned out to be fine because our second venue, which is where we met Jared, the the Police and Justice Museum, that was even more you know accommodating. It was just right for our requirements and. I think they supported us really well with the catering and logistics and everything. The the Police and Justice Museum, it really was a perfect venue for that because it had that main hall and then it had sort of break-off areas to the sides, which it was quite funny walking through them because it is a museum. So there was actually a lot to look at within these rooms where yeah. we were kind of congregating, socializing, but then also for the unconference sessions, which I'm a big fan of, uh, there was some really great spaces for that as well. One of them was actually, it looked like a... A replica courtroom kind of mm -hmm. so that was kind of interesting to have it there yeah i think they had some really unique spaces for the unconferences like um they had like an actual i think a small prison cell or something where you could they did yeah. they did i remember that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was fantastic like it, it's a bit unique in that space but i mean look it's it provides a certain element of you know um vanity i guess to these sort of events where you it's not in your standard big sort of you know um 
uh, a com- uh, conference spaces like you've got a big room and small rooms like it's got a little bit of a charm to it and it's got its own personality that it brings and it just adds value to the whole experience absolutely uh, i was just about to say that about personality the place definitely did have that i mean you can struggle to find that extra element of personality in the virtual space but i actually felt with the online conference uh, last year that it still had an element of that and i think that was down to perhaps kind of like the design of well just as one example the design of sort of like the holding pages when you were waiting for a particular talk to start um, there was sort of like holding pages and there was like funky jazz music and stuff like that. And it that really helped to bring that element back to a virtual conference that could otherwise be very sort of stuffy and quiet and, you know, just more boring than an in-person uh, event. So it was really great. Yeah, look, I, I, I have to thank the organizers from Prague and Portland for that because they had all the you know the setup and everything ready for me I didn't have to go to a lot of pain to setting that up and with the music I think Mikey who's one of the Prague chair she it's actually her the music actually is from her band and um, yeah she was more than happy to you know uh, give that for our conference and um, yeah I think it worked out really well in terms of the setup and and the tools that we were using so in a way I think the Portland conference last year was the first almost like a guinea pig for for using the online experience but by the time it came down to the australian indian ones we we had you know worked out the kinks and everything in the tools and every um everything that went along with it so i think it hopefully provided a much better experience for people who attended yeah it was it was really fantastic uh, thinking back to your early days of uh, helping with the write the docs conferences do you, can you does anything stick out in your mind that was particularly like a setback or a struggle that you had to overcome um not that i can think of like like i said some of the on-site events had had their own challenges with, with you know um catering and logistics which which are pretty easily dealt like you don't have to really think about it with the online events um but i think it's also the opportunities that it gives us to collaborate with other teams and so with this ride the rocks australia and india it it was work making sure that we had the right people on board to help out from the indian side of things but also you know making sure it fits within a certain time zone because india is like at that point when we have the conference they're about five and a half hours behind us so yeah so it was quite early for them when we started yeah, that's right. So it's making sure, you know, we factor all of that into some of those decisions. Plus, because it was an online event, we had a we had speakers from pretty much everywhere, like US and Canada and people from, you know, I think um, we had some from someone from Israel and also India and Australia. Um, so it was yeah. across the board and we had to make sure that while the while our obviously the talks are pre-recorded, it's there's also an opportunity for attendees to ask speakers questions in real time. So we had to make sure that when we are doing the scheduling, we have to factor in that it's not like a, you know, indecent hour for them to be able to be up and answering questions about something. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a couple of those challenges there, but I wouldn't think it would be, it wasn't like too much of a trouble. We had experimented with the tools for the Portland and Prague ones. So we had kind of, worked out all those issues initially yeah for sure I, I thought it was a particularly elegant solution to that problem of you know you had the pre-recorded 
elements, uh, the talks, which were some of which were edited so that they were quite slick and they were all within the time frame. And then you invited people to a sort of live Q and A in a separate room with those people. I thought that was such a great replacement for obviously just being able in person to just go up to the person and ask them questions. It gave them a place to congregate and to congratulate the speaker on a great talk and then ask any questions. That was just really great. Yeah, thank you. And I think that format worked has worked really well because I think traditionally with Write the Docs conferences, we, we don't really have like the question answer session at the end of a talk. Like you would probably see that at other conferences where at the end of the talk, you'd probably have like, you know, set aside 10 or 15 minutes for the question and answers from the audiences. And sometimes I guess it makes for some really awkward silences because if no one's asking any questions, you either wrap up the the, the, the talk really early or it could go well over time. So with, with traditionally with the conferences, we usually do not have that. But with online, I think there's nothing to lose. Like people want to feel the human element. They want to be involved with the conference because they, they're not actually in, a, in the same room as other people. So they want to be able to see other people. And, you know, um, if they can talk to the speaker and ask questions, that's fantastic. So I think that formats worked really well for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thinking back to you, maybe your earlier days or, or when we were still doing the conferences in person or with the virtual conference, can you think of any funny or interesting behind the scenes experiences from, from working with Write the Docs? Um, yeah, look, I think with the on-site conferences, I think you can never get catering 100% correct. That's That's been an ongoing challenge, like on-site events. This, we've got, um, we ha- I'm not saying it's a, it's not so much an issue, but it's just, you know, you you have to, as a conference organizer, be resigned to the fact that you're never going to get catering 100% correct. There's always going to be things that, you know, you've missed or the caterers have missed or even, you know, things like you haven't catered to a particular you know, dietary requirement and then you, you don't really know what to do at that last minute. So it's been pretty interesting um, working on those, those sort of issues. But I think if you have like a good enough team and, you know, we can work something out quickly, that that helps. Sure, sure. And how many people are involved in the organization of Write the Docs? Like how many people go into creating an event like that? Um, it can be anywhere from, I guess, three or four to 10. So we've had like, over the last few years, we've had about last year on the online conference, we had about 10, 10 of us working across different things. So there was an unconference coordinator, there was people handling the lightning talks and there were people, you know, Jared was our MC. Um, Lynette did some fantastic sketch notes of the whole conference. So I think up to 10 people um, is probably the max I've worked with. I think the Portland and Prague ones probably have a little bit more. Um, mm. so I've been involved with some of the early sort of, you know, um, speakers um, or even like, you know, CFP process and stuff like that. I think they've got a lot more people working on those teams. But with the Australia and India ones, I think 10 has been the maximum last year. Sure, sure. So thinking about Write the Docs, um, either the conferences or the, the larger community or both, why do you think Write the Docs is such a positive and important thing in the tech writing space? Yeah, look, that's that's a really interesting question. Like I said, I've worked with quite a few, um, like I've presented at a few conferences um, outside the Write the Docs. Like I've spoken at the ASTC one, the, the New Zealand one, and also the STC one in the US. And well, I'm, the only reason I'm sort of, you know, taking these names is because I have huge respect for the way these communities, you know, have upheld the, the whole profession of technical documentation. I think a lot of people I've spoken to at these events outside Drive the Docs, 
they've always commented on a few things with with the way the write the docs works i think the open and inclusive nature of write the docs it's not you know just specific at tech writers it's the whole you know um the way the community is set up, it's more than technical writers. It's anyone who does documentation or anyone who's got, you know, an interest in documentation or a passion for writing good content. So it's not specifically targeted at one particular profession and job titles really don't really matter with a community like Write the Docs. The other thing people have also commented on is the freely available resources. And I'm just, I don't say that lightly because a lot of the communities that I've worked with in the past had specific, you know, membership models, and you could only access certain content behind that so membership model. With, with Ride the Dogs, we try and aim to have all our resources made freely available. So if someone's with the podcast, with some of our, all of our talks, videos across the meetups and conferences are all available publicly on the Ride the Dogs YouTube channel. So anyone who wants to visit a, you know, a particular talk from a specific year, they, they, they have access to that. And there's no membership models right now. Like, look, the, it, they might be coming, but not in the same format that are maybe prevalent across other communities. But at the moment, you don't really have to sign up to be a Write the Docs member. Like, you are a documentarian right from day one. Like, if you are interested in documentation, you can come in and join the community. I mean, there's no signing up or anything, and that's that's the way you go. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I really have to mention uh, that really strikes me with Write the Docs events is the openness and acceptance and diversity that you'll find at these events. One thing that really sticks out in my mind is I remember at the beginning of the conference in Sydney, someone explaining what the Pac-Man rule is, mm-hmm. uh, which for our, our listeners might, who might not know is um, sort of either in the unconference spaces or in any of the breakout spaces or anywhere at the conference, if you're in a group having a discussion uh, with a group of peers uh, at the conference you're supposed to leave a space um, for someone else to join and I think it was really important because I, I can't speak for everyone but I do feel from my experiences within the tech writing community that there are quite a lot of introverted uh, tech writers who might not be as comfortable in social situations and the inclusion of this rule and some of the other like the um, the sort of code of conduct for the event really help those people to feel comfortable and included. And I think that's really incredibly important. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think that Pac-Man rule and also something um, Eric introduced a couple of years back was the snowball one, which was more like if you've been to a previous, you know, um, Ride the Docs conference before, your task is to make or talk to that many people. So if this is like your eighth time you're doing this, you have to meet eight new people every day. So it's like that sort of, you know, making sure you're talking to a different group of people, discussing different ideas and just, you know, being uh, open to sharing your own ideas, I suppose, as well with other people. Absolutely. It was a really um, warm and accepting environment. It was my first time at a Write the Docs uh, event and I, I, I... it was just very impressive how inclusive it was. And I, I really appreciated that. So I want to ask you, um, if any of our listeners wanted to get into tech writing or get involved with Write the Docs, what advice would you give them? Oh, that's that's a tough one. Um, Well, on the tech writing side of things anyway, look, tech writing for me personally has evolved quite a lot over the last 10 years. Like I, what I used to do when I started in 2006, probably... I'm not even doing half of that in terms of just documentation. It's more evolved, evolved over products, over you know user experiences. So I guess the if if someone wants to get into tech writing, it's it's fantastic to be able to connect with so many people online now. So 
there's literally so many communities doing similar things like if not only tech writing with the write the docs it's more documentation but there's also content strategy there's user experience there's information architecture which are sort of parallelly aligned fields with tech writing so at some point you might be involved in doing something like that so there's so many open communities and slack channels where you can actually be involved and contribute and get get so much value out of them with write the docs i guess there's so many ways you can connect with other documentarians there's the slack channel there's the website um there's also a podcast that uh, jared morgan and um Chris run from, and I think that happens every couple of months as well. So, and local meetups, I think that's your first point of um, contact with any Write the Docs event. So at the moment with Australian events, it's all online, but at some point, hopefully we'll still be able to go back and meet people in um, actual real time. So that that's also exciting. Um, um, yeah, and there's it's quite a few um, ways you can actually be involved with Write the Docs, not only at the meetup level, but also if you want to be a part of a conference. And, you know, if you've never worked on that sort of setup before, you can get in touch with any of the teams. And I'm sure they'll be more than happy to have more volunteers on board. Yeah, I can certainly speak from experience when I say that these these people that help in these communities are very approachable and they will they will always strive to help you if you want to try and get involved more or if you're just entering the community. It's all very welcoming and I would really um, recommend any listeners who haven't already got involved to get involved with Write the Docs. Um, are there already plans afoot for the next uh, main Write the Docs event in, in our area of the world? Uh, yes, there is. Yeah. So we've actually launched the landing page. So just announced the dates at this stage. So the December 2nd and 3rd is when the the second Write the Docs Australia and India conference takes place. It's online again. So again, a, a time to collaborate with our Indian community. And um, yeah, so I'll, we'll be releasing more information in terms of tickets and CFPs and sponsorships, uh, I think, in a couple of weeks from now. How fantastic. Well, I'll definitely be putting the links to that and other things that you've mentioned during this episode in, in the episode description for our listeners to go and peruse. Uh, so uh, look out for that in the episode description. Um, we're wrapping up our time here, but I just wanted to ask you, when you're not writing documentation or wrangling Write the Docs events, what do you like to go up to in your downtime? Um, if I do get some time, I actually like reading books. Like I'll literally walk into a library and pick up anything that's just, you know, on display. I don't even sometimes go by a theme I just go and pick up a book and that way I'll just you know I try and broaden my horizons of reading different things um spending time with the family that's that's obviously working from home I get to spend a lot of time with my son and do a lot of activities around the house so that's that's always a good thing um I think one of the things I'm sort of majorly missing right now is the travel part of it I I really love traveling along with the family but also for conferences and meet, meeting you know different people from different parts of the world that's something that i'm kind of missing and um i guess most of the weekends i'll really probably see me riding my bike around i really love letting my hair loose and you know getting around and riding a bike around the place definitely and melbourne is a really good place for that it's fairly bike friendly it seems to me so um it's, it's a good place to do stuff like that i feel you when you talk about the uh travel aspect that you're missing i'm definitely missing that as well uh the last major sort of traveling uh that i did was actually in india with my mother and it was one of the most wonderful experiences i've ever had and i would really love to go back to explore the parts i didn't quite get to um, so yeah, I definitely feel you there. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last one that uh, I guess major conference that I attended was the STC in Denver, which is where I actually met 
Merivet. So yeah, I think that yeah. yeah, that's a couple of years now. So yeah, it's been a while. I know it's been a while. It can't come quickly enough, can it? Uh, well, look, Swapnil, I just want to uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm speaking for myself and a lot of my listeners. I'm quite sure that um, I just want to thank you for everything that you do for the Write the Dots community. You make it all so easy and welcoming and warm. The important work that you do is not missed by anyone. Uh, everyone's very aware of, of how much you do for the community. So I just want to thank you so much. Where can we find you online? Where can our listeners find out? more about you or if they want to get in touch with you where can we find you yeah th th thanks for your kind words Jara. that that means a lot um so yeah i'm i'm usually hanging around on twitter and linkedin and also active on the write the docs um slack channel so i think it's pretty straightforward swap me logle if you put in any way you should be able to find me unless there's a doppelganger somewhere <laughs> me, but, <laughs> but i think yeah i think twitter linkedin and write the docs slack is where, you, where you'll usually find me yeah, there you go. The often imitated but never duplicated Swapnil Ogilvy. You can find him anywhere. Well, Swapnil, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a genuine pleasure and, uh, you know, so appreciative of everything that you do for the Write the Drops community and beyond. Um, so I'll let you go and you can enjoy this uh, wet and blustery autumn Melbourne day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for inviting me, Jared. This has been really fun doing this. You're very welcome. Thanks, Swapnil. Take care. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Not Boring Tech Writer. If you want to join in the conversation, or if you'd like to discuss being a guest on the podcast, get in touch. We're on Twitter at NotBoringTech, or there's a contact form on our website. Just go to thenotboringtechwriter.com and click on contact. Thanks very much again to Swapnilogly for being a great guest on the show. You can find links for how to get in touch with him and other things that he mentioned during the course of the episode in the episode description. Until next time, I'm Gerard Doran and you are the Not Boring Tech Writer.